Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. Okay, so last episode, the long-threatened Midsummer Offering was made. Maynard was an unwilling witness to it through his connection, whatever it may be, with the forest, whatever that may be. But you were all in Grisgard for Midsummer, and did not make any attempts to kill any dragons. <laughs> you are now at waking up the day after Midsummer with various levels of hangover at something of a loose end. What would you like to do? Maynard would like to sort of slip out on his own, trying to make sure he's not followed. Okay. And uh, walk up to what is... A, a, tr- a tree line where something where Grisgard becomes a forest again. Sure. It takes you a few minutes of walking because there are cleared fields around the village proper, but it's not difficult to find trees in the forest. He uh, looks around and looks at the trees and takes a deep breath. All right. Forest. Now... I don't know exactly what you are, but I don't, I know that there's something going on with you and me and other people with this connection. What am I scared of? I've been trying to avoid this and I don't really know why. It's not like I want to go back to the way things were and be safe in a little townhouse in Rustmouth. So here's the deal. We're going to be partners. I'm not going to run away from whatever this is. And that's the way it's going to be. And we're going to work together. And I'm choosing to be a part of this and a part of you. And well, we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Good. You say your piece to the trees. The trees do not appear to respond. He sighs. He sighs. And is like, I don't know why I was expecting a response. And uh, starts walking back towards the village. Okay. In fairness, we have a pretty good batting average when it comes to just, like, directly petitioning, like, powerful beings for help. It was worth a shot. (laughs) It was not a stupid thing to try, but uh, the the trees appear unresponsive. They are unperturbed. (laughs) They are, in fact, (laughs) unperturbed by your petition. 
So if a wizard makes a proclamation to a forest, does he just make a sound? <laughs> <laughs> Maynard returns, you get breakfast. <laughs> and I believe you had a plan vis-a-vis what to do next. Yeah, time to head to the wizard college. Alright, wizard college is a distance. Not a large distance? I will have a number. I mean, you're no longer on a clock. Yeah. So precise distances are less. It's like relevant. a couple of days or something. No, it's it's closer than that. It's like oh. four days because it's right near the edge of the forest. It it borders the forest near your bit of the forest. So it's it's three or four days. You don't have to like pack for a month in the desert or anything. You can go to the wizard college. What would you like to do in the wizard college? The college is, of course, actually a small city with a college in it, by the name of Pral. Mm. Um, I mean, we have that um, archaeology guy who we were hoping would give us some paid work that may also dovetail with our interests. Mm -hmm. I'd also like to try and find where they're keeping that home here. Okay. I feel like we can probably have a look around, see what we bump into first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to streamline this slightly, because I think spending hours asking every NPC I can think of questions is going to be dull. Um, just roll me one overall investigation check for what you can find out about helms and artifacts. And let me know if there's any like particular strategy you're taking. Boy, okay. He's good at investigation. I have a plus zero, so not me. Twenty-four. Nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can find out both of you um, with a certain amount of just sort of wandering around asking questions, trying to look like tourists. That there is indeed a, a museum of antiquities. No one really seems enthused about it when you ask them. It's not like, oh yes, you must go and see the museum. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a museum. It's like the local history museum. It's nobody's, yeah, yes. very few people are in, uh, incredibly enthused about that. Yes, and, and it belongs to the college, and they don't have, it's not like a modern museum where there's good information. It's like there's a little handwritten label by an object, and that's all the information you have about it, and you're like, cool. Who was Bob and why do I care about his Bunsen burner? <laughs> Actually, in fairness, if we're looking for an archaeologist, an archaeology professor, and an ancient helmet, then I feel like the, um, the, the, the Museum of Antiquities is a pretty good shout. It might let us kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a reasonable... Thank you for this, this suggestion. I will do this. <laughs> Let's go visit a museum. You are charged the grand fee of seven copper to enter the museum. What, each? Oh, my... Yeah, each. Ah, that's robbery. Because you're not students, you see, so you've got to pay your whole seven <laughs> copper entrance fee for the museum. It's not dusty, but that's really the best thing you can say about it. It has a lot of objects. It is not clear how they have been organised. 
there is not a lot of information on display. This does look very much like Oriana said it probably was. Like this is a holding space for items that they want to be able to say they have, but aren't particularly interested in beyond saying that they have them. Uh -huh. The closest thing to an organising principle you can find is that there do seem to be separate areas for separate cultures or okay. species. So you can find the dwarf bit. And in the dwarf bit, you will indeed find a small dark-skinned halfling with a big afro puff of hair sitting at a high bench writing notes. And he has something out of his case sat next to him, uh, which it's hard to guess what it originally was because it's a a metal housing of some kind, but it looks half crushed. Mm. You recognize this as Professor Isambard, who you once briefly met in a pub and accused of murder. <laughs> we were going I mean, through a lot at that point, okay? That doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> For you, the day that I the day that I met you in a pub and accuse you of murder, <laughs> I elbow Maynard. What? What? Well, you're a academic source. Uh, what do you want me to say? Maynard has not actually met. Yeah, we should probably <laughs> do introductions. Trick doesn't know that Maynard. Wait, no, no. No, I do know that Maynard hasn't met his... Oh, that's right, because we picked up... Just Maynard forgotten. Uh, Real will we'll move forward then. Uh, Professor, hello. Oh, hello. Uh, we met before, uh, briefly. Do you recall? He cocks his head slightly, and you can kind of see the wheels behind his eyes as he runs through times he's met Drow. Yes, I do. What came of that? Well, it all went quiet at this end. Ro looks at Ember. We ended up catching up with the people who stole our parcel and uh, murdered our friend. And they were added to the tribute of the Queen of the White Forest. Just not super great, but the mystery was solved. Isambard has a slightly disgusted look. Well, no helping that, I suppose. No. But we did come here looking for a particular helm. Uh, I don't suppose you'd recognize the name, and I can't. I know I wrote down the name somewhere in my notes, but I can't find it right now. Let me look it up as well, then. It was the Helm of Stonewalker. Which is, of course, one of the dead dwarf gods. Right. I'm aware of it. It's not what I'm focused on, but I, I, it's here somewhere, I think. It is. Uh, Why? Made an agreement. A, a dwarf. Uh, to try and get that helm back for them. Would that be at all possible, do you think? It's just here, among all of this, I'm sure the museum won't miss it. Mm. Bill sweeps a hand at 
I mean, in all fairness, I believe that she was promised it as payment. Is that not right? Yes, it is right. Yes, promised that as payment and fulfilled her end of the deal. Now, do you know who that deal was with? Because I'm still not sure. I mean, I know who pointed you at me, but that could just have been to get you out of her hair. I mean, she's our best guest at this point. Wait, wait, no. Did the did did she not say? I thought that Ariana said that it was some sort of middleman that they had the, the their group had talked to about being paid with the helm and everything. No, she she gave you two titles. The the people oh, who did were she? involved. Okay. Yeah. Um, she told you that it was, um. The vice chancellor and the dean, she thought, were both involved. Okay. Do you relay that? Yes. Sorry, I'm writing it down. <laughs> good idea. Good plan. <laughs> okay. Notes are writing it down again in my notes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, she said it was the uh, the vice chancellor and, and the dean were involved. Mm. That probably means they're no friends of yours, just in a loose ends sense. Fortunately for you, they're no friends of mine, either. <laughs> that is good to hear. As to whether they'll notice it's gone, perhaps not them personally, but the place does have curators. Alright. Can we... Soon, sooner or later they will notice that it's missing. Sure. Could we buy it? Perhaps, or... Picker it somehow? Well, I'd, I'd rather not steal it if... We should we should perhaps talk to the dean or the vice chancellor and see if we can procure it in the dwarf's stead. As it, mm, again, I... was promised as payment. I very much doubt they'd be inclined to honour that agreement even if she came herself, let alone through intermediaries with the lady herself gone. Well, we can at least speak to the curator. I, I'm not sure. That feels like it, that feels like it begins to be... That feels like it begin, begins, towards the, begins towards the realm of tipping them off. Are you sure you're a priest of the messenger? <laughs> <laughs> I think your friend has the right of it there, and far be it from me to suggest any uh, malfeasance, but obtaining it in legitimate ways seems harder than doing so in ways I would never recommend. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it if you just asked. I don't think they'd honor that, so... We never had that conversation. You never uh, heard anything about a helm. This is a purely theoretical discussion, my dear. Of course. But I'm glad you're back, because if you're willing to do some exploring for me, I have a job. And I I mentioned this before, because, uh, well, forgive me, because you're a drow and can see in the dark and know the underground places. Of course, it would be useful. What's the job? I need someone to go to Browelgrin for me. There's, or at least there was, a particular mechanical wonder there that I'm very interested in. Wonder. A boat lift. There's an underground river that runs all the way to the coast and then on under the seabed. But the dwarves, if Browelgrin built uh, a device 
of some kind that lifts boats between that underground river and the ocean, the ocean, so as to enable continual travel. Uh, unfortunately, Rowelgrin itself is hard to access, particularly from the surface, because it's flooded on the seaward side. Uh, during the war, when they thought they were losing, they dug through the cliffside, you see, and let the sea in. So that's all underwater on that side. But I've been researching writings of people who visited. It's mostly yeah, travel guide rubbish. But I don't think the whole city was on that level. I think they had a kind of airlock where... Mm the tunnels ran down and then ran back up again on the landward side. And that part of the city, I think, should be accessible, but you have to approach it through the Underdark and find the tunnels that the drow made because the actual entrance to the city is on the flooded part, if you follow. Ah, uh, makes sense. What I want is a safe route into the city so that I can follow behind you I am not equipped for fighting things and exorcising undead and all of that kind of thing. Follow after you and make camp and get a good look at the boat lift and take it apart and see how it's put together. I'm very interested in doing mechanical things without arcane assistance, which I realize sounds silly, given this is an arcanist's college, which is also what the dean thinks. Sounds interesting at the least, and didn't... Oriana, say something about Borogrin. Yes, she said. Uh, tell any dwarves we encountered from uh, Rorogan, um about her. Hmm. Well, I don't think we'll encounter them there, but... No, probably not I'm there. Living. I doubt any of them have gone back. It's not. It doesn't seem to be their way. So what I'd be asking you to do is uh, travel there by the underground roads find an entrance to the city proper, find the boat lift, and establish a safe route, or safe enough to travel with a couple of armed guards. Seems like something we could do. I think so. What, what might be you be offering in exchange? I don't have the funding I would like, but this is my research. This is where I'm focused. So I could offer you um, 1,500 gold, I think, um, for the expedition. But should you find anything of worth that isn't uh, of mechanical interest, that would be yours to keep as well. Now, you said this place was flooded. Yes. How badly flooded? At least several levels on the seaward side. Uh, enough to make it not worth trying to come at it from the old entrance. Mm. The dwarves knew what they were doing. Mm. But the city, as far as I can glean, was built so that the inner portion, uh, further from the entrance that you would need to come from underneath that, counterintuitively, that part I think should be dry. Because they built it with, with these airlock passages between in case of, you know, tidal waves, hurricanes or disasters. And then you might be able to get there by following the river up, 
or if you have a military bent you might be able to take a stab at the routes that the soldiers would have taken from your people and and follow their tracks in because they would have made entrances through which to attack i think that might be the easier route to take i dare say it's shorter if you can find it do we know where that i suppose uh, you'd know where that entrance was yes yes that's quite near there's a drow um i don't know if town is quite the right word a settlement i think it's quite small more or less under our feet even for drow they're reclusive uh but it means that there is uh, an underdark uh, entrance uh, a mile or two outside of town and then the path winds down and passes their gates and then you should be able to get into the underdark proper from there uh i don't have a map of it on me but um oh here and he'll he'll pull a scrap of the paper that he's working on and draw you a little map and as he's drawing you will recognize that the place where you fought career team 43 is the cave he's talking about oh so you will be able to find it and now that now that you now that you know that for you at least really it makes sense you're like uh yeah that did have a certain entrance tunnel guardhouse vibe about it mm-hmm. of course it is quite a long way so you should be prepared for i don't know i'd say at least two weeks travel depending on how fast you make time underground weeks there and back yes yes each way um what are we going to do about your horse trick and take it underground with us for two weeks i mean best stable her i suppose it's a it's a big this is a big place oh there's certainly livery stables yeah okay i mean she's pretty docile don't have any trouble um Yes, I suppose at the moment my horse must be tied up outside. Or if we've been going around a while, I'll probably just I'll probably you may already have got her stabled, and you just yeah, need to yeah, go I imagine longer. Yeah, I need to go pay up for longer. Yeah, it's probably. It, I don't think it's really a a challenge. It's just a task on your to do yeah, list. Yeah. And also establishing that I'm not trying to bring my horse with me is. is main. <laughs> it's, I'm glad to know. It's good to know these things. I'm sorry that you've had little use for your horse so far. Yeah, it's fine. You could have rode it into a dragon, but no, we didn't want a TPK. <laughs> I mean, in my heart of hearts, I always want a TPK, but Trick <laughs> wishes to live and protect their family like a coward. <laughs> no accounting for taste. Okay, so we can go uh, get Trick's horse stabled for a month or so. Mm-hmm. That's that's easy. Um, yeah, get all of our rations and whatnot. Uh, can we actually look around in this section since this is the dwarven historical section and see if we can find that helm? Yeah, roll me another investigation check. Okie dokie. Ooh. Okay, I got a nat twenty, and uh, so that's twenty-seven. <laughs> uh, no, wait, I'm sorry, that's twenty-eight. Okay. <laughs> you, you see everything. See everything. See everything. In particular, you see, you see a helm. It's a very fancy helm. It's got wings, not like stuck on the sides, but etched into the patterning on the sides, hmm. which is labelled in neat handwriting, Stonewalker's Helm. However, because you rolled so high, 
you can also see that inside the glass case, carefully attached to the bottom of this object and to most of the objects, there is a fine silver thread that runs down into the body of the case and you, you can't see where it goes from there, but this has some kind of alarm system on it if objects are removed from their cases. Mm, I will point this out to the rest of the party. Hmm. Well, makes sense they'd want to protect their, their I objects. Don't know. I don't know, I'm afraid. Uh, mm, let me see. I could... I would like to cast Detect Magic. Hey, wizard remembers skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have those now and then. You cast Detect Magic. There is a magical aura coming from this thread uh, and from all of them. And they seem to tie into some kind of network. Um, this is definitely a magical alarm. Good to know. Is the helmet magical in any way? Uh, yes. Ooh, what kind of magic? Several other um, items around. I uh, haven't defined what's on the helmet. Um, let's say it's, it's enchanted. Some kind of magic. It's some kind of magic. That'll do until you figure out what it does. Yeah, I haven't decided what it does yet. Uh, well, if we want to do this now, wait, how easy is this glass case to remove? We have to, like, smash it? <laughs> and just, like, no. Like, what we... no. No. <laughs> like, I hope, I think that... No, I have to come back to this town to retrieve my horse. Please do not. Real, real, please. Please stop just trying no, to do... I'm pri planning ahead. I'm looking at things, I'm planning ahead. We're casing the joint. Yeah. Uh, the ball is abjuration. Ah, cool. And the case? <laughs> the case is a glass case that sits in a wooden cabinet, and the glass comes down a couple of inches over the wood at the edge, and there appears to be a lot... And, and to your eyes, to all of your eyes... This is quite a good modern lock, which means to your outer character eyes, this is really old fashioned. Like a brass lock on the front to stop you from lifting the glass with a keyhole, like a proper fancy closed body lock. It is also, oh. I remind you, broad daylight <laughs> and you have a witness. <laughs> I mentioned these things in case you they don't tell anybody. I mean, we can ask them to turn around or something. Well, Real. Uh, Real, if, you would, if you wouldn't mind politely just turning around so we can commit this crime. Real, Real, please, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, later, later, when I do not know that I'm going to have to return to this town and recover my horse. Like, I know, I know I could get another horse, but this is a good horse. How many horses do you think I can find who can carry me? And I seem to find them everywhere, unfortunately. What? It's always the same horse, Real. <laughs> <laughs> Real, do you not understand how horses work? I mean, like they are. Lots of people use horses. They I seem know. to be everywhere. He horses, doesn't really understand. Horses come in different sizes, Real. They just all look big. So. I see there isn't like a curator like in the room with us right now. Like, like we can have a reasonable, reasonable, quiet conversation. You could reasonably be having a quiet conversation. However, Professor Isambard is in the room with you. Yeah, but Professor Rosenbard is cool. Professor Rosenbard is cool as long as you don't actively like force him to know things outright. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> overlook a certain amount of plotting, yes. 
Listen, I have, I have, uh, I have dispel magic. So we could dispel that magic. He points at the wire, and take the lock. Maybe it looks kind of fancy, but and then we, you know, it would be picked. It would be fine. Nobody would know. Bill, I, we can, yeah. Let's 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 think about that kind of hypothetical situation. <laughs> yes, uh, hypothetically, sure. Time. Uh, all right, we can do it when we come. <laughs> yes, real for once, I am willing to support you theoretically in chess in your crimes. All right. Well, we can theorize about it more the next time we come to the end, perhaps. Good. Let's do that. <laughs> it is some kind of heroic feat that Isambard is not openly laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets, comma, knowledge, the moon, romance, comma, conspiracy. I don't want to conspire. I want to do crimes right now. <laughs> He's doing crimes with his friends. That's a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy. That counts, all right? Forward planning is not on the list. I mean, if yeah. you want, me to, do something, if you want me to do something on that list, I can try and, I don't know, set Ember up on a blind date or something. <laughs> like, what, if, Wait, which, which Where did that come from? Which I'm just saying, if we're going down the list of things that my deity is... Uh, would like me to Wait, do. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Which god is the god of forward planning, and and can we reels of that god? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, they're probably dead. That's happened to a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that which waits. I guess. Uh, well, no, that's bad. That's bad. In stuff, only never the mind. worst possible way. In the worst of the bad ways. Uh. <laughs> Okay, so like the scribe, the scribe would work. That's like commitments and promises and you know, yeah. contracts. Yeah, we did sense. tell her we do this. It's a shame that the scribe is dead. Yeah, it's real shame. Shame. See, this is what's happened. This is what's happened. The god of forward planning is dead, and that's why this is a D and D game now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely looking at the list of gods and going, "Huh, I missed that domain." Like. The Lady of Silks approves of forward planning, but mostly in a don't get... Actually, no, it's the Lady of Silks, because the Lady of Silks is definitely would approve of forward planning so you don't get caught and therefore suffer. See, the Lady of Silks isn't as cool. It's just like a less cool version of the Reveler. You know, the Reveler is just like out there going, bring me another skin of mead. And the Lady of Silks is writing you a letter saying, my friend, send me a wheel of cheese that I may live sumptuously. Yes. It's not. The, the Lady of Silks, cool. if, if you... It, part of her domain is planning ahead enough to avoid hangovers, and I therefore feel planning ahead enough to, <laughs> to avoid criminal charges <laughs> applies. I mean, like, maybe she who walks in starlight and the fact that this is an art piece, I guess. Uh, uh, that's kind of special. She's under the Council of Light, which means she's the other gods, which means you don't follow her. Yeah. yeah. You, you are on the side of impulsive stealing. <laughs> B. Gay. Do crime. Okay. You've stabled the horse. You've made your purely hypothetical plans. I'm trying so hard not to stir up further trouble here. It's all good. 
you 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 leave the museum and you know the curator who who charged you for entrance is just sort of glaring at you but in a habitual sort of way of looking at the objects getting them all dirty not in a personally suspicious way they just they just don't approve of visitors uh, just yeah yeah tourists <sighs> what a good person to be curating a museum <laughs> i was just going to say this this is not a forward thinking let's get the public in museum <laughs> they looted these artifacts fair and square exactly exactly here is where they keep their dragon horde of stuff find that they stole them because the people they stole them from are dead exactly or just don't matter anyway <laughs> you leave the british museum <laughs> <laughs> You get all your stuff together, you buy your ration packs, you, you know, make sure that your shoes are in good shape, all of that stuff. Um, are you making any specific preparations or just general stocking up? Um, I would like to see if I can uh, buy some, a spell scroll. Hmm. You are in, in a wizard town full of wizards. So broadly speaking, yes. <laughs> what scroll would you like? Uh, let me just see what level the spell I'm looking for is. Do we all still have a potion of healing left, or did anybody use theirs up? Mm. No, I've still got mine. I've still got mine, actually. Hmm. If you want to buy some, you can you can find some in this town. This is a good town for magical items and things. Yeah. Mm. Well, we might as well go buy some healings of potion potions of healing um because i mean they're good to have you say say some potions of healing as if all of the money i have in the world which already frankly has been drawing a little bit from the coffers at home out of the you know business account so to speak um would not would not just barely stretch to a potion of healing. Okay. Well, I will buy at least one potion of healing and possibly more from the money that I have. I think the book puts your basic healing potion at 50 gold. Okay. Uh, I'll buy two. And... Double check, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, 50 gold for your basic standard healing potion. Um, if you're only willing to pay 50 gold, there is a chance that you're getting student work. Probably fine. Probably fine. Probably fine. There is also a lucky dip of student potion. That sounds so hellaciously dangerous. We are not sure what these potions do, lucky dip. There is no mm. guarantee they will not injure you. There are no guarantees uh... of anything. How much do they cost? Fifteen gold each, because they're still made from magical oh. components, and therefore, actually, they need to—they're trying to recover costs from mistakes. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know what? I'll buy—I'll uh, buy two of those mystery <laughs> potions. I'm okay. I'm game to also partake in a mystery potion with you, Rill. If you is the idea that they were at least originally intended to be beneficial potions. Yes, they were never intended to be poisons. Um. They were intended to be 
beneficial or combat potions. Mm. But they're ones that didn't look right or where it was identified that there was definitely something wrong with how they were crafted. Mm. They're not intended to be potions. Sorry, they're not, in- they're not intended to be poisons. <laughs> but it's possible they will do exactly what they were designed to do. It's possible they won't. Who knows? It's possible they will okay. be poisonous, but in a mundane way, because they just failed. It's magical. But it's possible they could get you extremely high. Nice. <laughs> All right. Are there Mark, any... Lucky dip potion. <laughs> Are there any gotcha. potions of water breathing? What a good question. Uh, yeah, I was um, thinking about getting water breathing, but I can't afford it as a scroll. What level is it, remind me? It's third level, so it's like 500 gold pieces. Ooh. Yeah, so a potion of that is going to be less, but still a couple hundred. Like a literal couple, or are you still looking it up? It, it's not on the standard things list. Oh, it's not. Um, okay. But I'm pricing it cheaper than a scroll because you can't learn to cast the spell off a potion. Yeah. So it's less good to have than a scroll. You can only do the one-off use with a potion, so I would put it at a couple of hundred. So a literal couple? A literal couple. Okay. Also... Oh. You want to talk to ten willing creatures, you can see. Yeah, the spell's better. I will buy no potions of healing, but one potion of water breathing. Yeah, that's fair. Just in case we need it. Um, actually, as a matter of as a matter of point, um, it will make it quite similar to being based on alter self, which is slightly better than water breathing for a single person in a second level. But yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, you do also have in your group equipment a magical item you've never actually cast Identify on, but which very much looks like it's probably a water-breathing thing. Oh. You found it in the spider cave. And yeah, we, so we at least have that. Never got Identify on it. And we cast Identify on it now? Sure, why not? <laughs> hey, what do you know? It's a mask of water breathing. Okay, <laughs> excellent. It uh, is pale blue leather with... Now that you know it's a mask of water breathing, oh, hey, those are kind of gill slits, like along the sides with a pink silk lining. Hmm. And we have done that before I spent 200 gold on a potion that does the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> Well, the thing is, is that there's yeah, four of us. That's true. That's there's true. one mask. That's true. Yeah, up to up to you. <laughs> Spend your gold whichever way you prefer. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll keep the the potion, and that way we can have two people swim if need be. The body system. Yeah. Two and two. Dive safety is important. All right. That is next to all the money I have. Okay. You got some potions? Yeah. You stay with your horse? Yeah. You happy? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Go underground. I'm assuming someone also has a lantern. 
I yeah. have light as a spell, as a cantrip. That's true. That will help a lot. So have a lantern in case we... Yeah, uh, yeah unless uh, Maynard goes unconscious or something. We... Or I die need, like, or whatever. Or whatever, you know. Uh, none of that allowed. We did that plot already. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you set out in the late summer dawn that is the dawn is late it's early it's mid it's like a week after midsummer but you know what i mean mm. it's just a couple of miles over the fields you've been this way before except for maynard um although that was at night and you can therefore find this cave that you've been directed to reasonably easily and take your last look at the sun for what might be some time which at least for real is a relief <laughs> and go underground because you are in the entrance tunnel to a drow settlement the cave you enter has been dug out and has been dug into a very long tunnel because this is how drow defend their front doors so you're going to be walking for a couple of miles in this very gradually descending back and forth way before you finally reach the actual gates of the village even a small settlement of drow is closed off and defended and is not open to all comers however unlike kemadosh which some of you have been to before where the entrance tunnel brings you down to just a cavern and a walled off other side and there's nowhere else really to go this place is built into open honeycombed rock so you come out of the entrance tunnel into what you can see is a network of interlocking caverns and the opening to one of those on your left has been walled off with just a small door set in it, which is the entrance to the drow village. And the Underdark continues in front of you, and you can just bypass the village entirely and go forward. Excellent. There is certainly a hatch opening and somebody watching you as you pass. Still nods to them. Slightly. They will nod back, because, you know, you're one of them. I mean, you're a foreigner, but you're one of them. Right. Okay. Uh, so you are now journeying through the Underdark. This sort of terrain is familiar to you, Rill, because Drow like to build in more or less this layer of the earth, the place where the caverns open up, the structure becomes more aerated. This is something you have in common with the elves. The elves like to build in and around the trees of their home rather than cut them down. The drow like to take the already existing structure of the earth and turn that into rooms and buildings and plazas rather than digging out a space from solid rock. It's kind of working with what nature gives you rather than wiping it away. <laughs> so these caverns and tunnels are very like the caverns and tunnels outside of Kamadosh. You've been in places like this before. So you are not feeling 
I mean, you're lost in the sense of you don't know exactly where you're going, but it's not alien to you. Right. I recognize the structures. Yeah. And I think because you're you're used to being underground, um, provided you're paying... And actually, someone's probably got a compass, don't they? Seems like the thing someone would have. It's, it's a little harder for real to get turned around and lost, is where I'm going with this. But in terms of absolute navigation, someone's probably got a compass. Yeah, I'm sure one of our <clears throat> one of our packs came with one or something. It it seems like the sort of thing somebody should be allowed to have without it making it a big deal. That's fair. I mean, there's nothing else where you've had time to prepare. You have had time to prepare exactly. You, you it somebody probably thought, aha, compass. We'll be underground. Right. So you are now you are traveling through fairly open cabins. I mean, they vary. Some of them are a bit cramped feeling with low ceilings. Some of them are huge. Traveling generally eastwards. Um, based on the advice you got, I would guess that real you're probably looking out for signs of previous encampments and and military movements. Yes. Okay. Um, based based on on that and you being the person most likely to spot them, I would like you to be the one who rolls the um the sort of navigational uh check, which is. Probably intelligence, so it's probably an investigation check. Okay. No, wait, there's a stat for this. It's survival. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm better at investigation. Oh, I'll take survival. Um, 17. Okay. So you know, once you start thinking about it, you already know that there was a drow settlement near here that was used as a staging post for some of the big military manoeuvres during the war. So it makes sense to you that there wouldn't just be small encampments. This is probably a place where an army gathered and marched on Brarylgrin. It just makes sense that that's how this would work. So you're casting about looking for that, which is why it's not a surprise to you when what you find isn't a small camp in a corner. It's a whole cavern that is new fungal growth comparatively and not old it's like finding a place where all the trees got cut down and now there's just saplings and grass Mm -hmm. although the fungus down here is more slow growing it has that feel to it of this place this whole big hundreds of feet across cavern was disturbed and trodden down into just cavern muck at some point and you have found the beginning of a trail that should take you towards Barrelgren. it is a wide cavern it has big fat unhealthy looking mushrooms a couple of which real you recognize as edible no one else does because these are just underground fungus that mean nothing to you um <laughs> You also see some old friends. And by old friends, I do mean slugs. Oh. Are they they perturbed? They're watching you. There are some basalt pillars um, holding up the roof of this big cavern, dotted around. Quite thick pillars. And you can see, dotted around, some big slugs, like four feet slugs, 
and then crawling out from between the pillars because they've heard you coming. Some really big slugs. Uh, <laughs> I was going to pick some edible mushrooms, but might just want to keep moving. I mean... The slugs are approaching. <laughs> <laughs> the slugs are approaching. <laughs> the slugs are approaching. I hate... The slugs, the slugs are not nodding politely and letting you leave. I'm gonna make you fight slugs again. Sorry. <laughs> is is that the the title of this episode? The slugs are approaching. <laughs> it has to be. Uh, all right. Roll for slugs. Okay. <laughs> Super initiative. Go. Yeah, Maynard has never seen things. However, has has listened to our previous episodes and is therefore fully aware of slug. Oh yeah, that I've never seen these either. Actually, come to think of it, no trick is <laughs> never seen these. These are, I mean, you're seeing them now. These uh, are big slugs. Like there's a couple of four foot slugs, and then there's like three ten foot slugs. So it's really just Rill and Ember going, ugh, not slugs <laughs> again. I think Maynard's reaction is oh, like he's been sort of been enjoying this trip into the Undock because he's never been there, and it's all really amazing and beautiful. And he's having a wonderful time, and then there's slugs <laughs> there, and he's just like, "Oh, dear God!" Yeah, he's all prepared, <laughs> all that. enjoying himself, and pleased. He's like, "These are going to be friends. These are going to be friends." See, friends. I have heard tell of the slugs. Yeah, Emma <laughs> did tell you about slugs, and you're like, "Oh dear, this is terrible." <laughs> I feel like Ooh. we had a less thorough, like, debriefing. I think we need to bring back the slug picture. Thank goodness for for Maynard, because the rest of us have rolled shit <laughs> initiatives. Yeah. Oh, did you say you want the slug picture again? I can get the slug picture. Uh, no. It's terrible, I love it. It's horrible, I hate it. <laughs> anyway, I rolled a mighty two. Oh boy. I thought that was a 21 and I got excited and then I realized it was an estimation um, nope. point and got less excited. Luckily for you guys, slugs, not super dexterous. Oh, I forgot the little ones. Okay. Little slugs, comparatively dexterous. So, so Maynard and Trick just like rush towards the slugs while Ember and Rail are just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Trick's not super Russian either. Maynard. Maynard all by himself is charging in to, against slugs. He just wants to be heroic. <laughs> Maybe the slugs are friendly. No, he doesn't think they're going to be friendly. He's just <laughs> eager to get rid of them. <laughs> Insight on slug. Should we say our initiatives as well for the audience? Um, I'm just writing a list. This is why it's taking a little while. Sorry. Mm. No, I, that's fine. I just... I you think can I if you like, because they are not good numbers. You can depress the audience. Seven... Five. Eighteen. Woo. No, say it. Say the number. Oh, I I already said my number. I was... I got a mighty two. If it makes you feel any better, there are a couple of places where you've tied and I've let you go before the slugs. Paralyzed oh, well, slug fear. Thanks. Are these, like, slug mother-sized slugs or smaller? Uh -huh, uh -huh. There's three slug mother-sized slugs and then two smaller oh. ones. Oh, delicious. Oh, now that's not fair. We only had to fight one last time. 
You yeah, were a lot lower than level last time. Yeah. We've gotten a lot stronger. You've toughened up. Also, this time you're like properly in the Underdark instead of in a mine. Mm. Yeah. They uh, live Are here. we actually fighting next week? I feel like it's getting pretty late for you guys now. It, it is getting pretty late. Oh. And we, we might do like... We might let Maynard get his spell off and then pick up next week in, in with, with the fight proper. I think that makes sense. Yes, that's fine. Oh, that'd be good luck. So, top of the initiative is Maynard. I'm going to send you a photo just out of tradition of the phalanx of slugs that is coming for you and your friends. Thanks, and I will send you a photo just out of tradition of the raduli that are coming for you and your friends. Please share with us the horrible, horrible razor shot. I've already oh, have. I've done an in-game chat, an in-game chatter. I hate it. That's a really nice close-up. Though. This time you are facing five horrible razor sharp tongues. Yay! They have teeth on them. They do. They have teeth on their tongues. Oh, slug facts! This is a podcast you come to for slug facts. Predatory pulmonate land slugs, such as the ghost slug, use elongated, razor-sharp teeth on the radula to seize and devour earthworms, slash adventurers. It looks so good. This big? Angry slugs. (laughs) Are they angry? Please tell me there aren't proportional earthworms. You don't know what they eat. Wait, real probably knows what they eat. Real, what do they eat? (laughs) Earthworms. Adventurers. Yeah, Real is aware of subterranean gigantism, which particularly affects creepy crawlies, which is why there's giant spiders and giant slugs and giant other bugs. Beetles and, yeah. Giant beetles are nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, we get giant slugs sometimes, but they don't really like the city. They don't taste good. You know. Yeah. Hard to get into. All right. My turn is ready. Okay. Tell me what you would like to do to which of these... Lovely creatures, these lovely wild animals that you have disturbed in their home. Uh, so you see the 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 slug with the with the black outline. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is going to be the center of my fireball, which has a twenty foot <laughs> radius, oh. not a diameter radius, so it radius. gets all of them. Okay. I need them all to make a dexterity saving throw. Fireball, yes. Okay. You said twenty foot radius. Uh, yeah, 20 foot radius. That's fine. It doesn't hit any of you guys. I was just checking. But it comes within 10 feet, but it doesn't actually hit you. Yeah, the spell save is 15, but also they're slugs, so... What What are they rolling against for that save? Dexterity. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that, that they have a negative dexterity. <laughs> because they are nice. 10 foot slugs. <laughs> okay. Backmost slug. What was the spell save? 15. Makes their save. Ooh. Black outline slug. Roll the five. Other giant slug. Roll the two. First small slug. Roll the six. Second small slug. Roll the 11. So only the backmost slug made their save. Okay. So any slug that didn't make the save it takes 33 points of fire damage. Okay. And... The one that did takes half as much, so like 16. Okay, I am going to write down these numbers so that I do not forget these numbers. What you have made as you throw this little red 
bead of power from your hand in a perfect arc to land on the back of the one of the giant slugs where it explodes. There's a flash of fire and a sizzling noise and a smell of burned meat. <laughs> Both of the two smaller slugs looks injured. Like you can see the burn marks on them, but they're still mobile. They're not dead slugs. The bigger ones are proportionately suffering smaller wounds. You have done some damage to all of the slugs, but I'm afraid one fireball is not enough to exterminate them. And when we come back next week, you will have to fight these slugs. See, what I'm worried about now is the 20-foot hedgehog that's going to turn up. 